This is Good Karma Wrestling. Welcome into another edition of GKW. I am Gabe Neitzel from ESPN Milwaukee, along with, as always, Brian Rowitz from ESPN West Palm and our guy down in Chicago, ESPN 1000 in Chicago, Jay Hood, who's just ready to talk about all that blood, all those guts from last night. But there were some blood and guts over the weekend as well. And that's where we're going to start today's show. We begin with The Forbidden Door, a show that we were lukewarm at best, weren't too thrilled about the build for. And for me, guys, it kind of ended up playing out the way we thought it would be. We said, okay, build up for it's been lackluster. And I think that was showed in the ratings for AEW, for Dynamite on Wednesday nights. And then the pay-per-view was a lot of fun. I mean, once you got to the point, there were certainly some confusing portions for me. But, I mean, these matches, for the most part, delivered over the weekend. It's what we expected. Of course, I was there, guys, at the United Center in Chicago at A Town. <laughs> and I was there. Isn't me, Daddy J Hood? <laughs> Come on, Brian. Uh, so I was there, and uh, it was so much fun being at Forbidden Door. But as we always say on the show, we may not like the build, but you know that the men and women will deliver. And I just thought that from a crowd standpoint, here's the thing. You and I, I think all of us here on the show kind of thought, okay, is this too inside? Do Will the average wrestling fan understand what's going on with the storylines of New Japan and AEW? And I will tell you, to a man and woman that was there, the crowd reacted to the New Japan wrestlers. When the music hit for certain wrestlers, they knew exactly who it was before they came out on the ramp. So there was clearly some knowledge some industry knowledge about what's going on in new japan and with aw so if you think there was twenty thousand people that were inside then that's what i saw because that's how the crowd reacted yeah i think basically chicago showed why they're in a town because yeah we were even texting about it i didn't write his name down so i don't remember the guy who comes out to challenge osprey we were all like uh, okay don't really know who this is the crowd lost their shit like they were so into it it was such a big deal so they knew their stuff and I think that added to the show. This was a show that was, it was very chalky. Like there wasn't any result where you're like, whoa, I can't believe this happened. But all the matches delivered, Start, the tag match, Osprey, the main event, the, the four-way for the world title was a little underwhelming, but it still was a good match. And obviously injuries played into that. But everything that they were up against from storyline, from injuries, they delivered. And Tony said, you know, it delivered from a crowd standpoint, you know, second highest AEW show ever, only behind the show at Arthur Ashe from a buy standpoint, over $5 million. So I think it's hard to say that it wasn't a success because considering all those things. But and, and, and you see Dynamite bouncing back last night. Now we'll have to wait and see if that was the blood and guts effect because, you know, that was going to be such a huge match for them taking up half the show last night. We'll get into blood and guts in just a little bit. But, you know, was it – the question is, are those temporary numbers for one show worth the hit – that you took on Dynamite the three weeks leading up. And if if Dynamite can rebound and, you know, they hit a million viewers last night and you can kind of hit the ground running, then why not? You have that little blip in the radar. You're able to make your money. You're able to deliver a very quality pay-per-view. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, I know Meltzer was out there reporting that, you know, tickets to get in the building were 20 bucks. Right. You know, the secondary market sales just absolutely fell apart after the card was booked. Um, and and I, yeah, I don't know if people from Chicago, as much as they love CM Punk, were expecting him to be on the card. And then some ticket, you know, people are like, ah, Punk's not going to be there. I'm not going to go. I don't know. But, you know, I, there are certainly some some areas there where I'm wondering, okay, 
you did it once. I, I don't know if I want you to do it again. But can we chalk that up to like the other things going on? Like after seeing last night's number, like yes, Blood and Guts has been promoted for a month or so, but for them to get back to a million, can we just say the last few weeks where, hey, Stanley Cup's going on, NBA finals are going on, and AEW said, hey, we're going to take it on the chin anyway. Maybe we can do this sort of pet project because there's going to be a forbidden door too. They talked about it being in Japan. So maybe it's just sort of playing with it saying, hey, we're going to lose viewers regardless. Let's deliver from a wrestling standpoint. I guess that that could uh, be the case. And I, I just think it from this standpoint, we have to uh, understand where Tony Khan is coming from and when Vince McMahon is coming from. When Vince McMahon said that this is a live premium event or however he puts it, it's a, it's a house show that you pay for. When Tony Khan says that we are an alternative brand, that's exactly what they're trying to be. They're not trying to be the WWE. So thinking about it from this standpoint, Gabe, when they say, well, this is going to be an alternative to the WWE. We're not trying to be WWE light. That's exactly what they are. They are talking to the inside of the inside of the wrestling fan. They feel that they're talking to the people that watch everything with wrestling. Not just WWE and AEW, but also New Japan and the Indies as well. Clearly how it's booked and clearly how the roster composition is for AEW, they are trying to reach out to people that go to small shows, medium-sized shows, international shows. And that's what we saw on Sunday, a mixture of everything in Chicago. If they end up doing um, Forbidden Door 2 or whatever they're going to end up calling it in Japan, I'm curious to see what they do in terms of how it affects storylines in AEW. Because doing one in Japan, now you're kind of throwing the time off. You're asking a lot of your fan base to really pay attention to that show, especially if you're going to take a lot of time out of your show weekly to build towards it. Like doing it in Chicago is one thing. You know, it it more or less is an AEW pay-per-view using some New Japan wrestlers. But if they go over to New Japan, to me, it could potentially end up feeling like when WWE goes over to Saudi Arabia. And I know recently, the last you know, one or two times they've gone over there, they've really emphasized that being a big time event. Whereas the first few times they did like the world's largest Royal Rumble or whatever, they had 50 people in and it didn't really, you know, like they did the show, but it didn't really affect anything else. Like it was standalone. It didn't affect anything else that was happening in the world of WWE. Now I think they're trying to build that up a little bit more. So the Saudis get more for their money. Maybe they were upset with that arrangement. We don't have to get into that, but like if, <laughs> yeah. if you're asking your fan base to watch an international show, that is always a big ask. And I would be weary if they would then dedicate a lot of their own TV time in the States, then going, yeah, now you're gonna have to get up and watch this thing at 6 a.m. Central. So make sure you set your alarm and get up so you can watch Forbidden Door 2. Yeah, but I wonder if like those two worlds can almost exist, exist simultaneously, where you can build towards Japan and like have the storylines exist over in the New Japan world, whereas in the AEW world, you're still promoting it. So we've talked about how big this roster is. So if you use this card, for example, if they're saying, hey, Moxley versus Tanahashi, we'll say it's just for the title in this situation. This is happening in a few weeks. Order it. This is happening. Maybe there's a random Tanahashi appearance, but it's not all they're building towards. I wonder if that just sort of keeps everyone happy in that situation. I suppose so. But, you know, again, if you're an AEW fan and if it's overseas uh, and it's in a different time zone, you'll find a way to watch it. It may not sure. be live, but you'll find a way to watch it because as fans, we'll find a way. If we like it and we like the card, we'll watch. And, and But I understand your point, Gabe. Your point is, is, is what we've talked about the last few weeks on this show, and that is you are sacrificing – 
Wardlow and MJF and some of the hot stuff at AEW to try to appease uh, New Japan fans. Now, I'm sure if you're a New Japan fan in, in Japan, I'm sure they love the television they're getting from America watching their stars take on AEW stars. But, but it's like the topic we had last week. Who's this for? Well, ultimately, I think it's for New Japan. I think they really need this. Uh, but for AEW, hey, they're the alternative. And so I get it. And and so, guys, watching that live, I will tell you, you got to love when you're at a live event, when you get pure joy, not just from kids, but also adults, too. Some of the big pops I saw was definitely FTR. We got to get into that. Uh, Okada had a big pop. It's just good to when people see someone come down the ramp and they just lose their shit. And that's exactly what we saw uh, on Sunday. It was really awesome. So, okay. So you got to tell me because people lost it when Claudio came out, right? Like, even though everybody yeah. knew like he was going to be Claudio, like it, it, it's the only thing that made sense. That's who we all kind of assumed it was going to be last week. But um, on the, on the pay-per-view, like they were, I don't want to say it was as bad as when AJ Styles debuted in WWE, when they had the camera on Roman Reigns and he's like, who is that? And you know, they're kind of late. Like music starts playing and the camera's on the crowd and the crowd's going crazy. So I have no idea what's going on on the Jumbotron. So you being in the building, Jay Hood, like what was on the Jumbotron? Because like, I, I don't know if it was just the Chicago crowd like reacting right away if because everybody knew it was like what was on the Jumbotron when the music started playing? Because like they got a half of a note into that. Everyone's going, oh, yeah! <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, here's what happened. And this is why it pays to follow uh, Good Karma Wrestling on Instagram. Rhodes, I'm sure you saw this, right? Where I was sitting, and I always sit very clandestine. It's not necessarily with the crowd. It was <laughs> next to the stage. That's where I was. Behind the stage, that's where I was sitting. Great seats, 100 level, direct across from the from the ring, so I can see what's going on. So I can see the I can see the big screen up you know up top. I can see the crowd. So Osprey comes down, and as soon as Osprey steps in the ring, immediately you see Claudio Castagnoli, uh, BCC, and so people looked up and they saw it even before the music hit. Mm, and so okay. it's already so it's already playing right, and so that's why I zoom my camera up. And there it is, Claudio Castagnoli, you know, uh, Blackpool Combat Club, and people lost their shit before he came out. So that's okay. what happened. So they blew it, actually. Instead of just, you know, uh, quiet, anticipation, music, and then him coming out and then putting you on the Jumbotron, it was already up there. As soon uh. as Osprey hit the ring. So I do wonder, though, like, you know, we talk about, like, the building stuff. I wonder, that was a smart crowd, like we mentioned, how many people watch Sunday and say, hey, I want to watch an Osprey. I want to watch a Zack Sabre Jr. You know, I want to go see Jay White. And maybe if there's more New Japan fans this time next year, maybe it is a little bit different in the build. Well, I think that would have to depend upon New Japan getting more of a presence in the United States. Um, you know, getting some sort of TV deal. I know they're on, maybe they're not. I, again, their, their TV deal, I feel, has changed so much. Because, yeah. you know, JR, you know, JR was like doing the voiceover America stuff before Kevin Kelly came in. Like they've I they've was. rotated like their tape shows, where they're putting it, the time that it's on. I think it was on Access. I don't know if it That's is cool. anymore. It is. Um, so <laughs> it is. <Yeah>. So. <laughs> You know, I think they need to establish like, and maybe that's their goal. I don't know, but maybe that's their goal is to try to springboard this into having more of an American presence because the one they have right now is just so limited. Like you have to work 
very, very hard. If you want to be a New Japan fan, you have to either subscribe to their New Japan World, you, you know, maybe grab a, a, you know, Fight has done a good job putting some of their American shows on. You know, we've talked about the one they had in Chicago, the Windy City Riot, Capital Collision, where they had some AEW talents in those as well. So they, they just have to do a better job of continuously getting their product out to American wrestling fans. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I, I've said for a lot of years when wrestling was down, when wrestling wasn't cool, New Japan should have had a TV deal in America, and that way people could see something completely different than when WWE was down or when WCW wasn't very good. So, I mean, hats off to the wrestlers, though, because... Oh, it was a fantastic I mean, it, show. It, it, it was great. So, I mean, guys, it was great to see Okada in person for the first time. I've seen him on streaming and television before, but to see him live, I was like, Oh my God, and the crowd was into it too because they see an all-time great. It's not just a great for the time. He's one of the all-time greats in Japan. And to see him out there, um, to see Tanahashi, well, what Tanahashi used to be uh, out there, that was that was kind of sad, quite frankly. Uh, but to see Tanahashi out there, to see him live for the first time, pretty cool. And also, as we were texting during the show, some of the New Japan people that we didn't know that was getting a big pop, I'm like, uh, I guess this guy's a big deal. I had to go to Rowan's. I'm like, is this guy a big deal? Because people are chanting, I don't know. Help me. <laughs> yeah, the smart crowd. They knew there's, I mean, so we talk about being there. Like, I was at the Garden for the Ring of Honor one, and that one, you know, same thing with ticket success. A lot of that, though, was on the backs of the guys that didn't show up. It was a lot of like, hey, the Bucks are going to be here. Hey, Cody's going to be here. It's like, mm. oh, none of those guys are here. So mm. fans find a way. Like, they find a way to take this stuff in, which is the impressive part. Like, these smart fans, they are going to find their stuff. And I think it is weird that, like, once the extra tickets went on sale, everyone's like, no, nah, I'm good. Like, now they knew everything. But this was still a show on Sunday that did not include CM Punk. That did not include Kenny Omega. That did not include Brian Danielson. And we're still talking about how fun of a wrestling night it was. So that does speak to all the talent that was on that show. Do you guys, what do you guys think the ceiling for Claudio is in AEW? I mean, he got a heck of a, I mean, he, he has looked good in the two nights. And I, I was texting some other friends this last night, watching blood and guts. Like, it's just fun to watch him wrestle. Like, it, it seems like he is in this great spot what you're offended that I have other people I talk wrestling with, Jay Hood? Yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah I am. I am. It's, it's not. That's kind of not cool. But it's not like you have a wrestling show, a very well listened to and watched wrestling show every Thursday with two other guys in the company. But go ahead. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you got to test out material and other people. Then you can try it out here. Like I want the reactions to be fresh from you guys. Uh, so, but just watching him, like I feel he, he's just so much fun to watch, and I feel like him immediately going into the BCC is a great spot for him because he's never been that strong of a promo. He can cut one on occasion, but you've got Moxley, you've got Danielson, you know, you've got Regal, you know, running the faction where he can just show up, be a badass and do his thing in the ring and people are going to eat it up. I think he's got a, a very high ceiling in AEW. You know, he's one of those guys that do doesn't need a title. No, nope. he actually doesn't. Nope. The, the giant swings over. That's the championship. I know that everything is predicated in wrestling on who's got the strap and how long they have the championship and whether or not they have a five-star match. To me, he's one of those guys that necessarily have to have a championship. If his ceiling for a title would be the All-Atlantic title, because that guy's not going to be the heavyweight champion. He, and that's not going to happen. But he's entertaining enough and interesting enough for me where any match he's in, I know he's going to give 100% because he's a Swiss Superman. 
Yeah, but see, you and I guess you and Vince McMahon have been sharing notes. Like you talk about that brass ring, like him as a world champion. Like imagine that reaction if he finally gets that brass ring and is a world champion. Like that's a big deal. I know, but I got twenty guys ahead of him. Yeah, we champion. <laughs> they got to admit. And one of them is Miro. Like I mean, I'm I'm saying there's a it's a long list, and this but that's no shade on him. That's no, no shade. I, I mean, listen. There's guys over the years that I can point at and tell you that they didn't necessarily have to have a championship to get over. Uh, and Claudio's already over. I, I paid good money to see him at ROH before he came to WWE. And so it's not the championship. He can always be in great matches and he'll still get over without having a strap. Yeah, and I think yeah. that sort of speaks to the roster. Like, I think, you know, Pac winning the title on Sunday was a big deal because he finally got that individual moment. He's a guy wrestling-wise. You put him in the ring, he's going to give you five stars majority of the time. And now he finally got a belt, and he's a day one AEW guy. So that just speaks to the roster. I still don't think of him as a champ. Even if it's not a long reign, like him winning a title, like that reaction is going to be a fun one. Yeah, I was, was, I was happy for Pac before winning the championship. I did feel bad for Clark Connors. Uh, that guy got his ass whooped. I, yeah, mean, I mean, I mean, my God, man. I mean, sorry, Clark. He, I mean, they cut him off so much, man. I mean, Gabe. I mean, as soon as he had a little momentum, they cut him off right away. Yeah. But then, but then the crowd felt bad for him. I'm just telling you what I heard yeah. at the United Center. Mm -hmm. The crowd felt bad for him, and then when he did have some momentum, he was completely over. He got a roar. So it's just like Miro would cut him off. Black would cut him off. Miro would. Uh, uh, Pack would cut him off, and then when he actually did get some offense in, he was really over. So I guess that was the plan, but he got his ass whooped in that match. Yeah, it. I, I was honestly surprised that because and Brian texted this to us over the weekend. This show seemed like it was cursed, and then I thought it was cursed again when you know you, you've got Dax. Luckily, yeah. it was a work, but like <laughs> I, I, I didn't know if it was or not. Like because they didn't spend any time on it, and they weren't like really milking it for the crowd, you know, like a lot of times in that where we've seen in wrestling, like, Oh, Oh man, who knows what's going to happen. But it like just happened. And all of a sudden it's like, Oh wait, he went to the back cash wheelers out there by himself. Like, Oh no, what, what is happening? Because there were so many injuries going in. I was surprised that they just didn't make that a three way um, for, for the Atlantic title. But you know, it, yeah, I, I did feel bad for him going in. Cause it's like, man, you're just, you're just there taking up space and we all know it. By the way, Gabe Knight, so which one of your wrestling fans, uh, uh, fan friends, sent you a video of what was going on with Dax? Which one of those? Uh, no, no, I didn't get any of those, but I did get one from you, and I was very appreciative. I was very okay. appreciative of that. Thank you for All that. All right. All right. Cool. Gotcha. Well, see, we need to give AEW credit on that, though, with FTR, because, like, as much as the storylines have been hurt recently, those guys continue to climb. Those reactions, and you can talk about Sunday, but, like, last night, when they're just coming out for a random, basically a comedic six-man, those two are over right now. Mm -hmm. Now, these guys are supposed to be heels, and they appreciate being baby faces. I just think people love the res to respect and watch FTR, especially Dax. Yeah. I know that he's going to be in the running for Wrestler of the Year. I know that he will. He won't win it uh, in some of these publications, but just the matches that he's had. It's been just a love fest of giving Bret Hart moves in the ring that Bret that Dax is doing. But man, I just I love what they're doing, and the people respect them. And so I know Dax isn't one hundred percent, and I know that that shoulder probably was hurting. I know, but but here's the the grub about this. So when Dax went out of the ring holding his shoulder, the crowd it just it went dead silent, or a lot of oh my god, 
it is cursed, right? All yeah. these injuries. But but it was a great way to play up what's been going on with Forbidden Door, all of these injuries, right? And so that was a perfect time. Someone that loves Dax, oh, my God, he's hurt. So now all these guys are hurt. So as I – as I and again, it's on Instagram for uh, Good Karma Wrestling. I, I was there where I could see in the back. And, yes, he played it all the way to the locker room, holding his shoulder, fell down in the aisle at one point. I don't know if that was on TV. Did you no. guys get that on TV? No, yeah, he no fell I did not. He, he fell in the aisle. The only, they, thing they sh- the only thing they showed us on TV, J-Hood, was like briefly, very briefly, the docs checking him out around the ring. And that was about it. Like they, you know, they went, Oh, and then next thing you knew he was in the back and cash was by himself. Mm. Yeah. That, I saw the whole thing with him coming down, falling in the aisle <laughs> and then having to be held back. Cause I got the camera all the way back to the locker room. And then he comes back in this Willis Reed moment, all, all taped up and everything. And so he got the biggest pop for that too. So it, they're just completely over. It's, it was a great moment. Yeah, they're over everywhere they go. And they were over uh, last night as well. We'll get into that. It's part of our three count, Brian Rowitz, as we get into the other big wrestling stories throughout the course of this past week. What's number one? We'll start with last night. AEW Blood and Guts taking place in Detroit. So we'll do a little fill in the blank here. Blood and Guts was blank. For me, it was just fun. It was just straight up fun. It was a great wrestling match. I mean, don't get me wrong. I was terrified when Claudio <laughs> decided to do the swing on top of the cage. Like I felt so many things could go wrong there. Like good on them for pulling it off. But like, that was the one I'm like, Whoa, hold on a second. Luckily no one at that point was hurt. Um, but it was, I mean, it was just so much fun. I think they did a, a really good job of booking it. Maybe they missed the spot. I don't know if the, the rubbing alcohol thing was supposed to like, lead to a fire at some point, yeah. but they dropped it outside the cage and then it was all like spilled as Tay Conti was trying to get it back in the ring. Um, but it was, I, and and I know there's going to be some complaints just like there was the first time they did blood and guts on TV. You know, you, you have the picture in picture, you have the commercial interruptions, but it was, it was just a fun hour of wrestling and I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Gory is the word I would come up with. Um, blood and guts. Yeah. It's, it, I understand the blood part, so it was it was gory, and um, I think that really pushed their rating over the top over a million people because of blood and guts. Um, but but guys, we had people on our Twitter asking the question, why wasn't this not on pay per view? If this is on pay per view, then I, it's more free flowing. Here's what we saw toward the end of blood and guts. If you notice on top of the cage, those guys weren't doing anything because Jericho was trying to ask. Hey guys, are we back on TV or not? Are we at a commercial break or not? Like, there's no referees to tell them in the ring. Hey guys, we're in commercial right now. So if you notice at toward the end, did you notice there was a lot of inaction? Yeah. There was there's yeah. nothing going on. They just crawled on their hands and knees and they're talking to one another openly, which is just bad camera work uh, because you shouldn't be showing that. But these guys, you know, Eddie Kingston's talking to Jericho. Are we yeah. back on TV yet? Do we? What, when do we do our spots? Because clearly you want to do your fabulous, your fantastic spots when you're uh, back out of commercial, when you're back live. And so, you know, that part I thought was a disconnect for me, but it's completely what I thought it was going to be. And it was uh, crazy and gory and bloody. And uh, again, something like this is great for TV, but if it's on pay-per-view, it's straight through with the action. I thought there was a lot of start and stop because of TV commercials. 
Yeah, I think that's fair, but I think the match overall, like for me, was as expected. Like overall, it was fun. Everyone got their, you know, their moments in and their sort of things. But also, they did a good job with the storyline telling. Like I thought that was a perfect ending. Like I know they haven't fully explained the Claudio and Kingston stuff. They just say, hey, yeah, these guys don't really like each other. But to have that moment where Kingston thinks he's going to get Jericho to tap out, but it's Claudio getting the win, like that's good storytelling there at the end. And the rest was, yeah, just going through the hits. I agree with you, Hood. You've mentioned a, a couple times. The tax have probably played their part already in AEW enough this year, but they got those in. <laughs> they got the stake. That that was a different one. Uh, but yeah, I think overall, like it was a fun night. And I think, you know, continues to move all those guys forward in that match. Yeah, it was just, um, you know, and unfortunately you did have an injury. Looked like Santana got hurt, you know, so, which I didn't know until after the show because you have five of the guys on top all celebrating. You're going, where's Santana? And because there are, you know, 12 guys in two rings, you didn't really, I guess, kind of miss him throughout the course of everything else going on because there's just so much action happening all around both of those rings that, you know, later you go back and you see, hopefully it's not a serious injury for Santana, which is why he was not on top. And, and again, hopefully he's okay, but. Well, to that point, like when they were on top of the cage, I feel like the final 10 minutes, we never saw anyone inside the cage. Like it made me wonder like, what are those guys doing down there? Like we just never saw them. It was just (laughs) really focused on the top. It's a great question. I was wanting the same thing. Instead like, of just crawling on your doing? hands and knees, right. are we back on a commercial yet? How much time? How much time? Like, dude, like, what's going on? Okay, let me throw – I enjoyed Blunt Guts. I enjoyed it. It's an hour of craziness. It's in a, a crazy city like Detroit who loves blood, so I get that. Let me ask you guys a question. Gabe? Yep. Who, who got over at Blood and Guts? Because uh, oh. otherwise, why have this? Yeah, I mean, I, I, Claudio obviously got the win, but I mean, yeah. didn't need it. Um, you already have the champ with Mox. Kingston is as over as you possibly could be. I wasn't expecting a We the People chant, but, you know, we still got that after <laughs> You know, but hey, people don't forget. Just remember that always people don't forget. Um, I would say that, yeah, it was it was a fun, entertaining match. But, yeah, I don't think it really advanced anybody getting over with the crowd. Yeah, maybe it's established. Yeah, maybe it establishes Claudio as like more of a legit star, even though, you know, he's knocking out a guy from 2.0. I mean, Wheeler's very over. It would have been nice to see him get the finish, but. Yeah, I guess no one really progressed, but it does add to Claudio and say, hey, here's, you know, he's that dude. And, you know, he got to end the night as the winner there. I could see that there was some serious injuries there. Like, I mean, all those guys are over, including, what's that? What's the guy's name? Matt from 2.0? Menard. Yeah. With the tomato head. Daddy Magic. I mean, that guy. That guy, when he believes he's, that, it is He's terrible. the one who beginning yeah. of the the Jericho yeah. Appreciation Society. Yes. The pinnacle <laughs> of sports entertainers. <laughs> like, what, what is that, man? It's like out of, out of central casting, like one of the Belushis. Sports <laughs> entertainment. Like, what? Like, what are you talking about? It's so weird. That guy, when he bleeds, I've seen it two or three times. It's frightening. Yeah. When he bleeds, it, I mean, we know that, like, Moxley's a bleeder, but when that guy bleeds, it's frightening because it's like yeah. the, it's like a tomato busted on his head. <laughs> it, it just, it just, the blood just flows, and, he, and his eyes are bulged out. His hair is everywhere. It's like ah, it's like 
I mean, he's a, he's a scary character. But ultimately, when you have shows like that, someone's got to get over. I like all those guys. So I'm not sure who really got over. It, it's a great event, though. But someone's supposed to spin out of there as like, hey, Claudio got the, the victory. Maybe that exalts him further in the company. So I'll, I'll ask you this question, Jay Hood, because you had you had mentioned, you know, a lot of people have asked on our social media feeds, why wasn't this on a pay-per-view? And my initial reaction to seeing some of that was, well, AEW only has four, but they've done Stadium Stampede. They obviously did Anarchy in the Arena. It, it has to take a special arena, first of all, I think a special crowd, because you're taking away seats to put in, you know, the double ring, you know, so you're taking away some, so being able to do it at Little Caesars last night in Detroit, they still, I think, had 13,000 people, something like that. Um, so what pay-per-view would you put it on? Of the four that they do, which one would you put blood and guts on and, and kind of make it, because it's clear that they want to do blood and guts once a year, and they've made it a special dynamite now the last two years. So if they were to put it on pay-per-view, which one would you put it on? Well, what, what's so special about All Out? Um, it's, I understand, and maybe because I've gone to all the all outs in Chicago, it's, yeah. that feels to me like their WrestleMania in the fact that I know double or nothing was the first, but all yeah. out in that arena, like that was when it was all in before they started all elite wrestling. Like that was the start of this whole thing. So it kind of feels like that's what they build towards every year. Like that's the biggest of the four. And maybe I just, again, I, I fully admit I could be completely biased because I've gone to every one that they've done in the, what is it? The now arena um, yeah. in Chicago. I mean, it's changed names. So I think it was, you know, first the Sears and now it's, it's, it's no, now. You got it. Yeah. Um, so, so that's the way I feel about all out is that that's the one they build towards every year. And it's the biggest one of the four. I think that that's the spot, Brian. I mean, it, uh, like because to me, putting it on TV, I want to see the entire hour without interruption. Yeah, I, I, I'm watching closely the picture in picture, but for me, it's something I should pay for. I mean, those guys are cutting themselves up. It's going to be a lot of blood, and I know that recoil, some people recoil at that. I have no problem with it. I grew up with blood. Uh, but I just yeah, but just watching it, though, it just seems like something that should be on a bigger stage. I, I don't want to see commercials while that's going on, but that's just me. Yeah, but I don't think they can afford to put on a pay-per-view. Like, to waste – not waste, but to spend a whole hour when you're trying to get all these guys in a pay-per-view. Like, looking back at Sunday, where there was a lot of wrestlers, there were a lot of three-ways and four-way matches, none of those matches hit 20 minutes. 18 was the longest. The Jericho match and then the main event, both those went 18 minutes. So I don't think they can put it on a pay-per-view. I think they just need to figure out a way to – we've seen NXT do it. I think, was it, the first one, when the Wednesday Night Wars. You go commercial-free for an hour. Figure out a way to do that. Yes, it might upset advertisers, but maybe there's some sort of payoff and you figure something out that way. Yeah, that makes sense. I, but either way, I, I enjoyed what I saw there. I just thought that it was a very good uh, dynamite uh, out of Detroit. So, I mean, when they do these, you know, it's going to pop a rating. Yeah. And so it certainly did on Wednesday. Well, I guess another thing off of that, you talk about, you know, guys getting over. Is this storyline over between BCC and the Jericho Appreciation Society? Uh, it ends now, doesn't it, Gabe? Is that yeah, it has to. More? It has to. Like It's like if a feud goes past WWE, it goes past Hell in a Cell. Like, can't really do it. Like, I don't know how you escalate, like, whatever they – anarchy in the arena is what they did on the pay-per-view. Like, okay, from anarchy in the arena, you go to blood and guts. Like, 
I honestly don't know how you elevate it. Like blood and guts is the pinnacle of the blow off match in AEW. They do want a year. I got to imagine that, that this storyline between these two factions is over. I hope and so. Then, and then what happens? <laughs> so, so the, the Blackpool combat club is cool. I like the name. I hope that Brian Danielson, his name's Brian Danielson, Jim Ross. It's not Daniel Bryan. What the? Well, I mean, he was oh Daniel Bryan God. on Monday. He showed up on Raw. Was. That is true. Which is awesome, by the way. That is re- you talk about the Forbidden Door. There's the <laughs> Forbidden Door. AEW wrestlers on Raw talking about John Cena. That's I thought that was pretty awesome. But I just like to know what's happening with both factions now because the sports entertainment statement, guys. That's it's kind of a com- comedic thing. It's kind of cool. But Blackpool Combat Club. I look forward to seeing what's next with them. Well, it seemed like their their progress was stunted the most, I think. Well, I shouldn't say that. Wardlow, MJF, that was clearly stunted the most. But I think they were ones who suffered from the build to Forbidden Door. Part, part of that is because Brian Danielson is hurt. Part of that was because Wheeler Yuta was off doing some things in New Japan Pro Wrestling. And then that just kind of left Moxley as the guy to step up for CM Punk. So now that he is the interim champ, they have Claudio in, they have Wheeler, hopefully Brian Danielson's back soon. I think they can hopefully begin to start building that momentum that they had right away when they formed because they were super hot. And again, we talked about it when Mark Henry said, I think this could be like the NWO. Now we kind of scoffed at that, but we agreed that, okay, this has momentum. And they need to find a way to recapture that momentum. The fact that they have the interim AEW champion should help. But I think they have to find some sort of storyline going forward because that seemed like the next step. They were having cool matches with the three of them. They were having cool matches every Wednesday on Dynamite. They'd bring them out. They'd have, um, you know, they, they'd have Regal sit in on commentary, say some cool stuff. But they never really had that storyline until now. So hopefully they can build off of that and, and build some storylines for the BCC. Trios, trios, titles like Claudio, no, Brian, no, and Wheeler. No, no, no more titles. No trios, more titles. No, I don't care. No more titles in AEW till you tell me what the hell is going on with ROH. I know they've got a pay per view coming up. Yeah, but there's pay-per-view. too many damn championships. I can't keep them all straight. Hey man, trios. the ROH T- the ROH TV title's over, brother. That's it's right. right in the middle of dynamite. Like I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Joe will be back when Joe's back. Get off my TV. <laughs> ROH TV regularly. I don't care. I, I don't care, man. Like, okay. I, I don't care. Jesus. Yes. Stop showing me exactly. ROH TV. <laughs> yes. Stop. Yes. storylines when you don't even have a TV. That's that is true. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Um, so what do we have at number two in the three account, Brian? Monday night on Raw, it was Cena night, celebrating 20 years in the WWE. So, guys, is John Cena on your WWE Mount Rushmore? I mean, I think he's got to be, just because the way that he's presented. Well, I mean, the way that WWE looks at him, the way that WWE props him up, the way that WWE treats John Cena, he is, without a doubt, on their Mount Rushmore. Like, I I think that's a no-brainer, the way that they treat him. Like he's is he, on, is he on your Mount Rushmore? That's, oh, probably, that's, that's, no, that's your that, that though. I think that's your generation, though. As a no, I mean, because, well, but here's here's the thing like, 
like if I'm putting together like my favorite wrestlers in WWE, like Shawn Michaels is on that list. You're going to have Bret Hart on that list, but those guys aren't on the Mont Rushmore WWE. Right. Like they're, they're really good and they're important in the history, but I, I mean, Cena being that 16 time champ and the way that they've propped him up to me, he's got to be on that list. No, that's a t- no. It's a it's a tough one. Uh, for okay, it's two different things. Gabe is right as usual. Gabe is right. It is true that for them, he's on the Mount Rushmore for for that for them, right? Yes, because of everything he's done, the sixteen championships. But okay, all the, the merch. Con- yeah, but the deeper conversation is is that this is, he got into the era of the hot potato title, which I can't stand. Yeah. Right, like sixteen times champion. A four-month reign here, six-month reign there. To me, that's not the essence of being a World Heavyweight Champion. Now, again, for a certain generation, they're used to the title moving around all over the place. And I didn't like that for John Cena. Okay. So just for context, the greatest heavyweight champion in WWE history is Bruno San Martino. He had two reigns, 4,040 days as heavyweight champion. Now, of course, as that champion... He only wrestled at Madison Square Garden, Boston Garden, <laughs> Philadelphia Spectrum, you know, like all in the Northeast, right? Only in the Northeast. He'd never traveled outside the Northeast, but he was their champion. That was Vince's dad's champion. Okay, so 4,044 day, uh, days of champion. So after that, it's Backlund, who I was not a fan of, Bob Backlund, Hogan, and then Pedro Morales, who had the championship for a while as well. So that's the top four as far as longevity of holding the championship now when we talk about cena all right so is he has he surpassed hogan has he has he surpassed okay i mean so that's where we get into it is he on my mount rushmore no so those names that you also listed off there like i'm kind of more or less looking at the like the way i look at it is like when vince mcmahon takes over in the 80s like that's the nfl merger you know, yeah, th- some things definitely happened before, you know, like, yeah, the Packers won a bunch of times in the 30s and 40s. We don't really talk about it because it's not the Super Bowl era. So the no. way I looked at this was when Vince takes over in the 80s and then from then on, you know, because the WWE is so different than what it was, as you, as you mentioned, when Bruno San Martino was wrestling in the Northeast. But yeah, All to right. that point, like, Cena is their guy. Like, we talked, like, I think Hogan's in that one spot, because I agree. I think Vince sort of is that point of, you know, this is where we start. You have to put Austin on there as sort of the face of the Attitude Era. I think Cena is almost in that three spot, and then The Rock's in that four spot. Like, I put Cena ahead of The Rock from a WWE, WWF, like, perspective. From the way they look at things. I love the the entire time we've had this conversation. Jay Hood has looked like he just bit into an onion. Like, oh, are you sure? Everything they've given him. Like, I I think it does speak to the fact that they don't know how to storytell because I don't think there's really anyone else even close from the last 20 years. Like, Roman might be getting there, but there's no one else even close. But I think, like, he's an obvious yes from their standpoint. This, This is tough. This is tough because, okay, yes, Cena's had the title 16 times. Yep. And they didn't, they didn't, because of Ric Flair, I guess they didn't want him to have the 17th or Cena said, I'll stop at 16, whatever it is. Okay. So Hogan, we all agree that Hogan's on that list. Yep. Hogan's part of the rock and wrestling. It was really Vince's first champion that he was able to mold and shape. 
okay, the Austin Rain, as much as we all enjoy it, did not last that long. Do we not forget? Do we not remember that? It did not last long because of injuries. But it but saved the company. How impactful it was, yeah. Like he was the face of that era. Like him and McMahon. Like that was it. Yeah, was Vince the uh, face of that era, or was Stone Cold? I mean, I think they I mean, needed each other. Like the best yeah. heels have a great face, and vice versa. Like they needed each other. So, so if we throw the Rock, as you mentioned, and Austin in that list, so we're so no Brett and no Sean. Nope. No. Wow. Wow. No Brett. No Taker. So Taker's in it for me. Other, I would put Taker in instead of the Rock. Because I've got, I mean, the, Taker goes so, I mean, in terms of WWE, like he is called, Vince McMahon has called Taker his greatest creation. You know, like Taker was the standard in WWE. And if you're talking about Stone Cold Steve Austin and his short, you know, kind of reign at the top, it's not like the Rocks was that much longer. I mean, yeah, he's he's made some pops back here and there since he went off and, you know, made the Scorpion King and has, has wrestled more matches than Stone Cold since then. But the, the longevity of The Undertaker and being that benchmark of the WWE for as long as he was, I would put him in the WWE Mount Rushmore over The Rock. See, for me, that's, I'm that's, on the fence about him. And by the way, Taker's another guy that never needed the title. Correct. Yeah, he never mm -hmm. needs the title. He's the greatest gimmick in the history of the sport. The greatest me, gimmick though, in wrestling. Completely agree. But I think of more of like the outside people, the people that aren't watching every week. Do they know who the Undertaker is? Like, if you mention that, to yes. Them. Uh -huh. Really, if they see him on TV, they know who that is. Yes. Yes. So, I, so okay. So I know yes. this. This might upset okay. Jay Hood because I was watching wrestling with with a different friend of mine a few years ago. This might upset Jay Hood. A few years ago, I can't. <laughs> so I had I had a buddy like, and it was it was when uh, Taker came back to challenge Brock Lesnar. So it's like 2015, 2016, right around there. And I've got the pay-per-view on, you know, he's like finishing up some work emails before he's got to go into work Monday morning. It's Sunday night. And he hears the boom. And he perks like his head immediately perked up from his laptop. He's like, Whoa, that's the undertaker. And his attention was grabbed. And this is a guy that wasn't, you know, a wrestling fan. So I think that taker, while he's not as mainstream as even John Cena has now become with the success that he's had outside WWE, like he came along and wrestled in an era where wrestling was so hot in the nineties that so many people still understand the undertaker, his gifts pop up every, everywhere on social media. Like I, I think people understand and know who the undertaker is. I mean, people are weighing in just some of the comments here. Uh, Vikram goes Cena, Rock, Austin, Hogan. Tim is going to go with Flair, Rock, Cena, Hogan. He says Undertaker Flair, fits. Yeah. Flair's not part of this conversation. Flair, no. Flair's, Flair's, not, Flair's not part of, No, he's not part of this conversation. Now, if we want to do an NWA, WCW conversation, we can. That's, that's not part of what we're talking about. We're talking about Vince's WWE. We got Charles here. He's going Rock, Austin, Taker, and Triple H. Well, again, part of the hot potato title era. Yeah, like right. I, I was, I'm not a bit, I'm, I'm not a fan of that. I think that if you give someone a run, give them a run. That's what I thought. So I wrote down Undertaker, Austin, Hogan, and Cena. Not in any particular order, uh, but I understand that Cena means a lot to to Vince as well, because look, he should have turned heel a long time ago. As a matter of fact, 
there's a story that, that John Cena tells where he was told by creative, yeah, we're going to go with you as a heel. And that guy just ran through the building and, yet, and got with the people, say, okay, here's how I want to remix my music. Do, 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 <laughs> do, 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 like ominous music, like changing it slowly. He's got more of a thugonomics, really kind of d- deeper into that. People forget Cena actually started off as a heel. Right. Yep. I guess the Undertaker. People forget that, and he actually was kind of a kind of a smart, uh, smarmy, smartass heel that you know was a rapper and all that, and, and was unpopular. He started off as a heel. He wanted to go back to that, and they told him no. So I know Vince and, and Cena are very close because during the times where wrestling wasn't cool, Cena was the face of that. Guy coming out there with jorts. Guys coming out there with the same uh, with a jersey based on the city that he's in, and he got booed in every town, every country, every state in the union. They said boo, f you, Cena. Cena sucks, and he had to he had to eat it everywhere. So I give I give him his flowers just for hanging in there for getting booed in every place because wrestling wasn't cool because he was the face of it. That's what yeah. it was. Yeah. But he made those moments more special, like the the RVD title win, the punk stuff in Chicago. Like he leaned into it, and that made those moments that much more memorable. Yeah, he was a great, I, I, he was yeah. a great player, no matter what yeah. they asked him to do. I know that the three. I know it would have broke the three of us. I mean, we're I mean we're on the road, twenty seven days out of thirty. We're in Des Moines, and we're like, okay, f this, man. They're booing me out of the building man. again. God, screw this. Somebody else booed, takes the title. You're getting booed in Des Moines. Like, yeah. man, a Z town like Des Moines? You're getting booed there, Jay Hood? That's not good for anybody. The, the, the 27th town out of 30. You're in all the hotels. You're in all these flights. You're booed at the airport. You're booed by your own family. And there you are in Tucson, you know, half a house, and, and you're getting booed. Ba, 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 ba. This guy. <laughs> it's like, okay, enough of this. I don't want to be here anymore. We would have ran out of that company. Like, okay, I'm tired of this. Make me a heel or I'm out of here. Jeez. Right? Uh, tell me I'm wrong. You're not wrong. You're not, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I'm not going to know. After a while, you get a little sensitive, right? After yeah. a while, I'm like. Well, you'd have well, to think. Like, you would have well, to. Three, Okay, I'll say for instance, all three of us do 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 live broadcasts, do all remotes, golf courses, restaurants, bars, and everything. And every time we do a show, we get booed. Every every time we do a show, it's like okay. After like, a while, we need to be in studio. Right. Yeah, the first time, the first time you're like, oh, you play it up. Second time, you're like, okay, I guess I'll play it up again. Third time, you're like, bleep this, I am out. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> enough. Let's go on to number three in the three count, Brian Rowitz. All right, guys. This Saturday night from Las Vegas, it is Money in the Bank. So who we're taking home the briefcases on the men and women's side. All right. So let's start with the women because they're the only ones who have a full field currently. Uh, the men still have a TBD. More on that in just a second. But the women that are participating in Saturday's Money in the Bank, we have Liv Morgan, Alexa Bliss, Raquel Rodriguez, Shotzi, Asuka, Lacey Evans, and Becky Lynch who won her way in on Monday. So those are the contenders. Who you got, J-Hood? Uh, Money in the Bank is Saturday, huh? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> believe it or not, it's coming up. Another premium live event with no champ defense, with no uh, 
And, and only like, one women's championship, by the way. Like they only have like five matches on this card as of or six matches, excuse me. They got both. Bianca defends against oh, Carmella yeah, okay. and Ronda defends against Natalia. I forgot completely about uh, Ronda versus Natalia. That was yeah. the one I completely forgot about. <laughs> and then you Bianca. get Usos versus Street Profits for the eighty fourth time in the last twenty weeks. Bianca against Carmella. Say it out loud. Really? Yep. <laughs> really. Okay. <sighs> Thank you for telling me, Gabe, that it's Money in the Bank is Saturday. I guess you have to watch. Okay. Yeah. So, got something going on now. Hope, God hope you don't have to cancel any plans. <laughs> so, so, don't you think they're pushing Lacey Evans or, Ale or, or and or Alexa Bliss? Aren't they pushing them a little bit? So, shows? with Lacey, it's hard to say because, like, she's already turned – face heel more times than Big Show did in WWE in the last four months. Like she comes back and she's, you know, telling her patriotic story of being a soldier and being a mom and coming back. Okay. She's going to be a baby face. And then they turn her back to being a heel and she's, you know, nobody respects her and doing that whole thing. Like, so I don't know, like I, they're still featuring her, but they don't know what they're doing with her necessarily. Um, so I, I don't know what they're doing with Lacey Evans. It seems that Asuka and Becky Lynch, they're going to continue. Like, I think they just use this as a way to continue their feud going forward. So I think I take mm -hmm. out Asuka, Becky Lynch. Raquel Rodriguez is just a smiling young baby face that they don't know what to do with. So she's out. Um, I, I've got it down to Liv Morgan and Alexa Bliss. And, I, and I'm leaning towards Liv just because they've, they've been putting her in – pay-per-view opportunity, excuse me, premium live event opportunities. She hasn't had yes. that success, but she seems to be getting over with the live crowds. Liv Morgan can't work. <clears throat> excuse me. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. I just, you know what? We give all these wrestlers a chance, the three of us, right? Yep. We watch mm -hmm. the shows, and I understand what they're trying to do with Liv Morgan, but I'm uninspired when I see her wrestle. I know, I and listen, the three of us always bitch about new, fresh, different yeah. in the WWE, right? Just not over. Sorry. She's just, yeah. she's just she's just not believable as a heavyweight, as a women's champion at some point. Just not. So that's the thing. Like, I think this match is made for people like her, like Lacey Evans, that are not yet there. Like, you win that match and you get that rocket to the top. Like, you have that in your back pocket. You're going to be a future champ. That's what this match is saying. The women's match, to me, on Saturday at least has some of those names. Like you mentioned Lacey, Liv, Alexa, Raquel. Like those are some, you're like, okay, it's something different. Because of that, like I could see them giving it to Oscar or Becky, which they don't need it. They're going to be in the no. title picture regardless. <laughs> but I agree with Gabe. I do think it's going to be Liv though. Like that's my and thing. To that point, like Alexa doesn't need it either. Like Alexa is uh, a multiple time champion in this company. Like you can just say she's Alexa Bliss, multiple time champion and give her. I mean, if, if you can give Carmella, a title chance out of thin air. Like, yeah, I think you could pretty much do that for Alexa Bliss. So okay, I'm, going, uh, I'm, I'm going with Lacey Evans, guys. If you ever okay. okay. pin my, put my feet to the fire, I'm just going to say there's a reason why she's back. And yeah. so I think it's going to be Lacey Evans, and they'll try to build with her. And while she's got the briefcase, they'll try to build with her and then see what happens. So I three hope so. of the five women that have ever won it have cashed in in less than 24 hours. Just something oh. to consider there. Yeah, two and the on, night of, on, one the next night on Raw. And on the men's side, I'd like to see Drew McIntyre be the champion in front of fans at some sure. point. Like, it sounds like, Seth, we know, we could all already rule out Riddle because he'll never 
compete for the championship again as long as Roman has it. So, no, they said it's fine now. They said it's fine if he wins money in the bank. Then he can get an opportunity. That uh, makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> no? That doesn't do it for you? You know, <sighs> you know they, they think we're a bunch of dopes, and that's fine. Yep. But, yeah, but, oh, yeah. what, but, but you know what? We're watching, and we're paying attention here. And you can't just keep, keep moving it midstream and, right. and move the goalpost. Um, I'm just going to go with Drew McIntyre. That'll be my choice, I guess. The men's field, so, by the way, Rollins, Sheamus, McIntyre, Omas, Sami Zayn, and Riddle. And then they're still filling a spot, which I assume is tomorrow night? I mean, it has to be, right? They still have a spot. They were supposed to have a qualifying match between one of the Ezekiel Elias Elrod um, brothers. <laughs> Versus versus Kevin Owens, but KO, I don't know if he's dealing with an injury, but apparently KO is not at Raw on Monday, so that match never happened. So I don't know what they're going to do to fill that spot tomorrow night, but that's how it was originally supposed to be filled, and it was not. So they still have a TBD out there. Um, so, yeah, okay. I think you can eliminate many people from this list. Riddle is one. You can eliminate Sheamus. He ain't getting the NBA championship anytime soon. Sami Zayn, of course not. Um, so that brings us down to Seth McIntyre and Omos, and I hope to God it's not Omos. It's not. Don't put it past them. Um, and I think oh, I can. No, no. I on. think we can. I think we can eliminate McIntyre because I think we all just assume that McIntyre is going to get the title opportunity right. at the UK uh, Stadium show. So I don't think you need to put the briefcase on him unless he's going to do the dumb thing. Because if you have the briefcase, you need to use it as an element of surprise. If you win the briefcase and do, I'm going to use this as a pay-per-view, what are you doing? That's the dumbest thing you could possibly do with this. Use this to your advantage. So hopefully they don't go that route with Drew McIntyre if he indeed wins. Um, but I'm going to say, I, I think... <sighs> I mean, Seth doesn't need it. Nope. <sighs> They're going to put it on Omas, aren't they? What if the TBA is Big E? Is he healthy? No. I don't think he's no healthy enough. He like Still he just healthy? he just like a week or two ago had the video where he threw the neck brace in the garbage. So it doesn't look like he needs the neck the neck brace anymore. Um, but I'm guessing he still has a ways back. All right, Tim. But almost is a massive dude. He can grab the briefcase without using a ladder. I don't want to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> but they told but us that. I don't want him to get the, the briefcase, for God's sake. Wait, what if that's the match? He just walks in and just rips it down. <laughs> Hello. And then just take, and then goes home. <laughs> like, I don't want to see that. I could get, you know what? I could get behind that. If that's the match, he just walks in and rips it down while everybody is standing around. I could actually get behind that, and I would be in on Omas. But that's the only way. That is the only way. I am getting you know, it on Omas. The only reason why you'd be behind that is because it'd be short. A nice short yes. match for you. Yep. Enough of this nonsense. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you want to see. Good night, I everybody. I understand. <laughs> God, I mean, it's just this. I mean, oh, okay. So, if like, I like McIntyre, but I understand your point. Yeah. And, and you know, wait, wait. The, the bigger point is, so is Roman coming back to every Raw and SmackDown? How can you cash in on someone that's not available? Got to do it at a pay per view. Yeah, we got to wait for that, SummerSlam. Well, that ain't fun. Yep. I mean, the cash in is to do it at any point on the road, 
on Raw or SmackDown, if you can't cash in on someone who's not there. Well, that's the Gabe's point about the pay-per-view thing. I see them playing it out that way. Like, Drew wins it, and he says, oh, like, you're never here, Roman, so let's set a date. Let's go to the UK. Like, that's when I'm cashing it in. And then it's completely wasted and an irrelevant night. Then why have, like, because, again, you can you don't need money in the bank to set that up. It's, Correct. That would be that would be very disappointing because that would mean that the men's money in the bank, which I enjoy, is an exciting night. Like one of my sure. in the last in the last eight years of WWE, like one of the most fun nights was Money in the Bank when Dean Ambrose won and all three yeah. members of the Shield held the title. Like the crowd went crazy. Like that was that's one of my favorite moments as a wrestling fan for WWE in the last eight years. And to take that match of hey, this could be something cool. And be like, yeah, actually, it didn't really matter if Drew wins and then sets up the match in the UK. Like, that would just be very disappointing. But I guess that's on me for being disappointed because I should just be used to it by now, right? Yep. You and you would think, and for those listening and watching from the UK, yeah, it'd be cool for Drew to win. But you know, it's Vince. You got to lose in your hometown. Yep. So that wouldn't <laughs> surprise me if Roman wins. And by the way, in that, that conversation we had about Cena, I know that Roman's on the way to at least be around Hogan. As far as uh, days as champion, he's getting close to that, I'm sure. But uh, but he wouldn't be on your Mount Rushmore either, right? Because he's it's still new. Yeah, right? I don't think he's there yet. Yeah, but he's built. I mean, he's he's building his way there because again, his gimmick has been so good, yep. and it's part of the shame why it's not on TV because it's fun to see. And his his WWE run is literally half the time of Cena. Like he debuted in 2012. And that includes missing time from leukemia. So he's only been there a decade, Roman, and already making that impact. Mm -hmm. so, and anything else uh, from this Money in the Bank? This is uh, this is in Vegas. Wow, I'm just well. It was supposed to be in the Raiders Stadium, yeah, and then they had to yeah, they had to back it off and and put it in one of the other arenas that they have in Vegas. It was supposed it's to be. It's also a going show. on at the same time as the UFC show Saturday night in Vegas. Yeah, that's just bad booking on the part of Nick Khan. That's just, I mean, horrible. For a, for, for a guy who's supposed to know the sports landscape, that's just uh -huh. a bad job by Nick Khan. It just is. And by the way, if this was the Carter Legion Stadium, they'd only get uh, half a house. No one's yes. going to see this. I mean, it's in, a, it's, it's in an arena, and they'll yep. sell it out, they'll be fine. But if you imagine this without Roman, oh, yep. no, no. Yeah. So again, they have the 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 rest of the card. They have the two money in the line, uh, money in the bank ladder matches: Bianca versus Carmella, Ronda Rousey versus Natalia for titles, as we mentioned. Theory versus Bobby Lashley for the U.S. title, and then they do have the Usos going up against the Street Profits for the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championships. Uh, is Austin Theory over? What's the difference between Austin Theory six months ago and Austin Theory now? Nothing. A strap. It, they're trying. But I mean, yes. smarmy heel. I've seen a lot of those. I know what that looks like. There's nothing. There's no extra gear in Austin Theory. Can he work? Yes. But you know, everything's about personality in the WWE. Mm -hmm. Smarmy heel. Okay, then what? Yeah. Then you know, what? it's it, it's it's kind of the same thing to me. We were just talking about the, with the women's Money in the Bank. Like they bring up Raquel and change her last name to Rodriguez, and she's honestly just been a smiling baby face. Like she comes out and okay. But what do we have beyond that? Like, it's it's some of the problems that they're having with the younger talents is figuring out where exactly they fit in the landscape. She was actually a decent heel in NXT. She came yeah. out with what chaps and like this Stan Hansen type of, of uh, persona 
where she's from Texas and she was a badass, just tall and lanky. And I, I guess they thought she was Barry Windham or something. I, I'm not sure. But, <laughs> uh, but the point is, though, is like she looked, I thought it was better as a heel than a baby face. But you're right. All I see is her smiling and doing a few moves. Yeah. Okay. And she can work. Like she had a good match with yeah. Ronda like a month or so ago. But yeah, yeah, there's just zero storytelling. Yeah. So there you have it. Um, wait, did, did you ever make your pick? You're, you're sticking with the uh, McIntyre J hood. I mean, I, yeah. Cause I, I mean, <laughs> look, look at, yeah. I mean, I guess. I mean, I mean, I mean, yeah, sure. McIntyre. <laughs> McIntyre. <laughs> All right. Sure. Um, some news and notes, Brian, cause there were some, uh, some things that came out today. Yep, uh, we mentioned it a little bit. Uh, we'll start with Ring of Honor. Death Before Dishonor, July 23rd in Lowell, oh. Massachusetts. Samoa Joe will defend the TV title against Jay Lethal. That's all we know so far. Pay-per-view. Uh, Lowell, Massachusetts. Uh-huh. F-Town. Wow. Lowell. It's not even Boston. It's Lowell, Massachusetts. <laughs> like, like that. I mean, okay. I mean, I think that's I think that's one of the ROH spots, I believe. I think they've so. been yeah. there before. I think they've been there before, so I'm not, I'm not going to crap on it too bad. And plus, you're trying Just to revive. Bit. Yeah, you're trying to revive a, a dead brand. So I, I understand. That's if, you know, I wonder, is that the main event, by the way? Is that the main event? I mean, we don't Joe. see the world champion ever. No. Who's world champion? <laughs> Grisham. Yeah, Grisham. Oh, oh, yes. I saw him on Rampage. For no reason. I, remember that. I saw my rampage doing a promo with somebody like God, and that guy can work too man i know he's not aesthetically pleasing for some but that guy just wrestles he's very hey, good ftr's the roh world tag team champs they'll shoot they should be on that card i'm looking forward to that card because i get to see ftr yes yeah wheeler you will be there i'm sure depending on the title so in wwe stuff announced this week july 29th in nashville it's the undertaker one dead man show an intimate setting with never before heard stories and questions from the wwe universe kind of seems like this is just a um extension of what his uh hall of fame speech was right <laughs> like he's just gonna go up there and tell some stories and I guess this time he'll be able to take questions from the audience yeah. somewhere in somewhere in Nashville. Somewhere. I don't know if I was watching The Undertaker or Joel Osteen for that Hall of Fame deal. <laughs> I mean, walking around without with the mic and yeah. catch and just I mean, it was it was great. It, it's a great storyteller. And so, yeah, this is not The Undertaker, it's Mark Calloway. And he's just going to be talking to the fans and make a little money on the side. You know, you think about this. All those years as the Undertaker, when there were so many events happening, and we'd see, we'd buy those little DVDs of certain like events and like behind the scenes. The Undertaker could never speak about it because it's a dead man. He couldn't yep. speak off, uh, uh, you know, off the top of his head about these things. He never spoke on all those DVD specials, and now you can't get him to shut up. He's talking all the time. <laughs> it's a lot of years of built-up storytelling. He's letting it all yeah. out now. <laughs> He wanted to say stuff about WrestleMania, you know, whatever, but the Undertaker would not sit there in a chair and just talk off the top. No, we can't have him do that. So. And finally, WWE Today announcing the signing of Logan Paul. He is the Paul brother that was at this previous WrestleMania teaming with The Miz to beat the Mysterios. Oh, I thought the bigger news was the return of the Triple H point. Triple oh, H yeah. signs someone, gets to point at the guy as the uh, picture goes out. I thought that was the bigger news, but I guess it is Logan Paul, <laughs> who had already been announced, by the way, for SummerSlam. Um, this past Monday, like he was going to be back for SummerSlam. I, I think 
the whole timing of it doesn't make sense. Like, is he, and, and nobody seems to have any details. Is he going to be like a full-time WWE guy? Well, like the ESPN.com article that I read said that he will be at premium live events and then at the shows around it, leading the storylines. There's no set number according to that. Uh, I see him as an attraction. He's not going up and down the towns. He's not going to be in Laredo and just doing <laughs> a random raw and SmackDown. I see him as an attraction. I'm sure. I'm sure a very well paid attraction. Yes. Um, and I think that's how they'll have him. Now, I mean, listen, I'd have him out there every week or every other week, but I don't. I don't think that's how they do business. I mean, he held his own at Mania. Like yeah. I thought, his his tag match with the Miz and and my guess is he's probably going to wrestle the Miz at SummerSlam. The way they had set it up Monday Night on Raw, where the Miz is like, oh, he's going to come back and we're going to tag together again. And you know, they kind of called him out. Like, wait, didn't you like attack him? Ah, don't worry about it. So my guess is that he'll come back, attack the Miz, and that'll set up some something for SummerSlam. But so it's Summer a good thing you'll have him and McAfee back in the ring. <sighs> And back up it, yeah, you know, and, and but he gets up there, he stands on the desk. And by the way, I guess he always knows the desk to stand on, the one that doesn't collapse underneath him. He can always <laughs> stand there without, without the desk collapsing. And he wants a piece of Baron Corbin. Yeah. I think, you know what, that'll be a fine match. I think it'll be fine. Here's the thing, like, I have no doubt that he's going to be able to go. Like it's going to be, it's going to be fun. Like the way his WrestleMania match was fun against Austin Theory. Like he has proven with what he did in NXT with the two matches he had down there. He proved at WrestleMania he can go in the ring and it's going to be fun. What does it say about the current state of WWE that one of their announcers is one of their more overacts in the ring? Yep. <laughs> That says a lot. You're right. That does. That does. That's really interesting because that does say a lot. Um, the other thing, uh, Jeff Hardy files uh, a not guilty plea to a DUI charge, so it wasn't him, apparently. The shaggy um, defense. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, he's a, so, I mean, and, uh, and uh, by the way, everywhere you look, you'll see Alan Five Angels in an interview talking about his time in AEW, and it's like, don't remember you. No, you were part of the Dark Order, but because you're leaving, he's just he's making the rounds now. Like I know that he's no longer there. AEW does something different than WWE. When guys are released, you don't hear about it until you see it online. Correct. It's not like a list of guys. They just slowly fade off the roster. And Alan Five Angels apparently can go, and uh, he's been talking a lot about his time in AEW. Yeah, but one of the things that I thought was interesting, where he said when he was offered by AEW, he was a young kid who's during the pandemic. He's like, of course I'll sign. And now he's like, oh, I've never really worked the indies. Now, like he's sort of not to Jay Hood, but like he sort of has a name to himself where he can at least say former AEW wrestler and he's going to go work on those skills. So it is interesting to see that approach where he says, hey, I did my thing. Now it's time to move on. Yep. And uh, I can't wait for Friday because we'll see Vince run, roll out there again. That's this right. guy, this guy, the temerity. Really? You've got you got a lawsuit in front of you. And then, by the way, and we're not going to get into granular detail here. We'll do that next week. But, I mean, there's still more layers to what's going on. He just keeps rolling out there. Uh, like a baby face, Mr. McMahon. Yeah, we all want to uh -huh. see that, right? I guess I'm, I'm not shocked that John Cena, because, I mean, John Cena has always spoken you know, very respectfully about Vince McMahon, about how much he owes Vince McMahon for the opportunities that he was presented in WWE. But, like, John Cena's getting big enough. Like, he's got an HBO Max show built around him. Like, I am surprised. Like, yes, you go back to WWE, but the fact that you let Vince McMahon introduce you to the ring, I, I'm 
if Cena's got some people around him, I'm 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 a little surprised that they okayed that. But correct but I guess, me if I'm wrong, they weren't in the ring together at any point. No. Like Vince was gone when Cena came down. So I think that might have been the way they sort of maneuvered that. Where he's probably like, I don't know if I should be standing here for this picture of me and Vince, you know, depending what happens the next month or two. He just I mean, he just wants to show everyone he's getting support and it's it's just it's icky to me. It is. Um so uh but shout out to John Cena, twenty years for and to and to see Jericho and Brian Danielson supporting him and the big show. And the big show, yep. That's that's I don't know about you guys, that surprised me. That's yeah, right. uh-huh. now, there's your forbidden door right there. I like that. <laughs> that was very surprising, especially considering that. And I know, like, um, you know, some guys had said they weren't asked for some of the impact stuff that that happened. But like, you know, the the fact that you know you don't always see when you, you assume that somebody could do it. Like Brian Danielson made a lot of sense. Jer- Chris Jericho, um, you know, those guys were around for a big chunk of that, so it makes a lot of sense that. And, and good on hey, good on AEW for like. Hey, yeah, you guys were there. Like, right. show you, you know, if you want to pay your respects, pay your respects. I, 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 I like that. And Dolph, and Dolph Ziggler not wanting to hug him. Ah, oh, you buried me, you son of a bitch. Ah, oh, welcome back. <laughs> and you're the reason why I'm not over. Ah, oh, good to see you back. <laughs> That's exactly what that was. He's like, ah, oh, I hate you so much. I hate you. But, but welcome back. Because <laughs> good to see you. Yeah. Good to see you. Well, we've made Jay Hood late for Impact, so now he's going to have to rewind oh. the DVR if he can even oh. find it. We're a little late past the hour. Yeah, got to find it on that TV. But again, That's it is the TV. world. <laughs> <laughs> is the world of professional wrestling? We'll have a pay per view to talk about with uh, Money in the Bank. Plenty of things to talk about right here what? next week on GKW. What?